Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. It is 105 in Edmonton. Second hour of Oilers Now brought to you by Digitex. Don't spend your valuable time meeting with door-to-door sales reps. Your all-in-one convenient location is digitex.ca, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Still to come, very excited for the return of Brian Burke to his regular Thursday appearances brought to you by Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service. Electrical, prefabrication, and solar. You want to keep those texts coming? You can do so at 630-630. That's the Heartland Ford text line with over $10 million in new and pre-owned inventory. They're one of the largest volume Ford dealers in Alberta. Experience the difference of Heartland Ford. Without further ado, pleased to be joined on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline by today's headliner. It is Brian Burke. Brian, welcome back. Pleased to have you aboard for another season. Uh, How was your summer? Well, first off, Brendan, it's good to be back. I uh, I try to... I'm going to try this right now to get off speakerphone. So call me back if... Uh, we can do that. that. Yeah, you oh, know what? Yeah, you sounded right. a little echoey, Brian. So why don't I'll, I'll, be right back. I'll get studio right producer back. Dustin Kaufman to work on it? Okay, uh, would definitely like to be able to hear what Brian's going to talk about with us. As mentioned, Brian is our headliner, uh, our our Oilers now headliners. Brought to you by Touchback Safety. Your safety is their goal. Discover your safety training solutions at TouchbackSafety.com. All right, we got Brian back. You sounding a little better there, Brian? Yeah, sorry. Sorry to the listeners. Um, I always time this so that I'm stationary and not on the speakerphone in my truck. Uh, but I gave a speech to a group of police chiefs today, so I ran a little late, so I apologize. But excited to be back. I really enjoyed the season last year and getting closer to the Edmonton team and get some nice notes from folks in Edmonton so it's been great. Wonderful. Now let's let's start here because we do have a lot of catching up to do. This was somewhat of an unprecedented summer with restricted free agency unfolding the way that it has and, and continues to of course most of the deals sewn up by now but I'd like to get your thoughts on, on the process, maybe why we ended up having this kind of an anomaly of a situation and, and then a recap of, of some of the deals that came out of it because there was some very different looking contracts by the time it was all said and done well i think you're going to have a there's really a, a large school of fish this year right there's a whole bunch of guys that had great years in their third year of their entry-level contract and so we had a this group of people that uh, seem to be saying we don't care what the prior group of rfas did we're gonna we're getting paid now and 
you know, from my view as a former manager, I never, I'm going to spend to the cap wherever I was. Right? We're, I work for all cap teams. And so it's not a case of, okay, Brendan, I'm going to pay you less money because I got a bonus from the owner for anything I save. It's, I'm going to save, pay you less money so I can pay another player that money. Right. And the notion that this pie is going to get cut up, the old days you did your entry level, then you did a bridge deal, then you got paid. And this group said for the first time, no, we're getting paid now. Now, they got egged on by Nylander, egged on by Austin Matthews. And so you say there's a lot of different results. There really weren't. There's a bunch of bridge contracts that are eerily similar with big QOs at the end, and then the one aberration in Toronto. Let me ask you about what's going on in Toronto, because they've got now, I think it's 40% of their cap tied up in four players or something, or maybe even a higher figure than that. Um this is going to take some real creativity moving forward for Kyle Dubas. He got done what he wanted to do in, in inking that core. Now, you'd better have a good farm system to insulate some of these guys. Is that how the approach would go from here? Well, what they've done is they've got a very strong analytics department, and they've they've drafted players they think they, they can go uh, to the Marlies after their junior college eligibility is up and, and that they'll come along. Uh, the Marlies have been strong the last year. They won the Calder Cup, and then they won... They won a bunch of games last year too, uh, but uh, and they've also been very aggressive in signing European free agents. So they're flexing their financial muscle when and where they should. Their theory is they can find players at a faster rate to fill in the bottom six, fill in the bottom pairing at at bargain rates while they spend all their cap dollars on elite players. It's, it hasn't been done before. Uh, you said it's forty percent. I think it's forty million on four guys which is just under 50% of the cap. Right. So it's uh, Matthews, Marner, and uh, Tavares, and 11-plus each, plus Nylander at seven. So you're you're at 40 for four, and not one defenseman and not one goaltender. I don't think it works. I don't see how it can. But Kyle is a really smart guy, and he's a good guy. And if he's got it figured out, fine. My, I envision this team playing with 16 or 17 skaters some nights. Bizarre. Bizarre to think that it might come to that, although they've got the talent to rely on now, and I think that was probably his goal. Um, we're going to stay in Toronto with this, and I don't want to beat the dead horse too much, but the Austin Matthews situation, you're you're a general manager of a team. You find out four or five months later that there was something that happened in the offseason that you didn't know about. The player did not alert you. How do you handle that situation? Well, I'd be, you, could, you could see that Kyle was clearly miffed about that, and I, I don't blame him. I would be, too. I think, I think he's lucky that his GM is Kyle, who's a nice guy, and not me, who's not a nice guy. Um, it would have been a real different conversation, I think, and there would have been threats of violence and horrible language involved. I mean, the notion, even if you're Joe Schwartz and you live in Niagara Falls, a police-reported incident's going to show up at some point, if you're somebody famous, it's going to show up. And so the first reaction is, he should have told you right away, which is what we always told our players, let us know first. But also you wonder if it's going to come out that they've tried to make this go away. And I don't know if people will like that. It's a serious allegation to disrobe in front of a, an adult female. Um, it doesn't sound like it was complete exposure, which is helpful. So my reaction right now is, okay, I've only met Austin Matthews a few times. I don't know him. But I think he's a really good kid from what I can see. I really do. And I think this is an aberration of a 21-year-old, some alcohol involved. Uh, 
But you can't say boys will be boys when someone dropped their pants in front of a woman. That's not a boys will be boys moment. That's a serious allegation. I think the league's going to look at it hard. And we'll see what happens. I agree. And and I look at this from, from the perspective of the Maple Leafs, Brian. And I, to me, I think the bigger issue here at hand is you've got a guy who you're trying to peg in all likelihood as your next captain of the it, one of, if not the premier franchises in the entire league. And, and now you've got this sort of black cloud hanging over the situation. So, you know... The the issue it's the incident itself rather is before the courts and there's only so much that can be said. But what does this mean for him moving forward in the leadership process in that dressing room? Do you think? Well, I said this earlier on radio. I, my information was that this decision had been reached three or four days ago that John Tavares was going to be the next captain, and then someone said, "Well, I heard it's Morgan Riley. Either one would be a great choice. I drafted Morgan. I love him." Um, but I thought they should have made John Tavares the captain when they brought him here. And I think that that decision, on my information, as of three days ago, was that the next captain was going to be John Tavares. My fear about what's happened now is that somehow, if I'm right, and my information could be wrong, but if I'm right and they give the C to John Tavares, the people say, oh, he got the C because of this problem that Austin had. And it, they shouldn't tarnish the star that they're putting on this kid at all. I, my, if I, Again, if I'm correct, they made this decision well before they knew anything about Phoenix or Scottsdale or wherever this happened. Which is a shame for, for Matthews and now having, I, I guess, concealed it, if you want to say that, to this point. Um, let's park the East Coast talk for an hour, the Eastern Conference talk. Let's talk Oilers. Brian, Ken Holland and Dave Tippett brought into this franchise to provide stability. It seems like they just wanted to settle things down. And, and if you want to talk about creating a new culture, fine. That's how some people have viewed it. But in your assessment, given what their goal was coming into this offseason, how do you evaluate how the Oilers have fared to this point? Well, I think really successful. I mean, keep in mind, I'm a big fan of Kenny Hollins. Like, like I think this guy, his pedigree and his track record are, are as good as anybody's that's ever worked. I mean, you're talking, in my view, and we, we're not allowed to talk, because I'm on the selection committee, we're not allowed to talk about our process, but you're talking a, a surefire Hall of Famer with, with multiple rings, and I think he's exactly what the doctor ordered there. I think they needed some quiet and some stability. This is not a Brian Burke-type GM who's getting in fights with people all the time. He's a much nicer guy. So he, he brings in Dave Tippett, who's a low-key coach. Um, they've brought the temperature down of all the, uh, you know, the we got to do this, we got to do that. They added some veterans at good prices to try and improve the culture and, and put themselves in a position, a better position to win some games. Um, I think it's all very positive. I don't share fans' optimism that at this point this is a playoff team I think it's too hard to make the playoffs and there's too many good teams in front of them but boy I hope I'm wrong yeah, and it's it's in limbo right now. I think a lot was hanging in the lurch with what McDavid's recovery from that knee injury was going to look like, and he's, as I understand it, even ahead of schedule in that department. Um, I guess moving forward here, is it sort of a wait and see through the first, say, eight to ten games for this group and, and, and evaluating what they've got? There's going to be guys that have to get sent down. They're going to have their roster set, but because there's so many interchangeable pieces that they've acquired here, Brian, I mean... As a general manager in a similar position, what would you have as an evaluation period for what this group might look like come springtime? I'd look at the schedule and pick out the first good-sized road trip. And I think road games give you a much better barometer of what your team can do 
I look at the schedule, and I did this last night. Look ahead. They've got like a four-game trip coming up not, not too far in. And I'm, I'm in my truck. I apologize. I did look at it last night. I get through that first road trip. I think it's around, I want to say, 10 or 12, somewhere in there. It doesn't matter. Get through 10, 12 games, including some road games. And then you're right. They do have interchangeable parts. So they could say if a guy's not providing the requisite level of energy or if they brought him in to play hard and he's not playing hard, um, then you can make those changes. And, and obviously they signed a bunch of people that will help Stockton or uh, help Bakersfield if they're not going to help this team. I want to know your thoughts as we chat with Brian Burke right now on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline uh, on pairing a young defender with somebody like an Oscar Clefbaum. The way that it's been pitched to us by Dave Tippett all offseason is that we're going to see one young NHL uh, newbie, whether that's Joel Pearson, the Swedish defender, or now because of Pearson's injury, you look at a kid like Ethan Bear. Uh, but when you're playing alongside a guy like Clefbaum, you're, you're expected to play a, a high amount of minutes. A thought may be Brian, on, on having those young or inexperienced defenders, I suppose, make the jump? Well, it, it, I think you see it more with where you have a young offensive guy that they pair with a reliable defensive guy. A Charlie McAvoy was the Dano Chara type thing. And I think it's more giving a young guy who's, who's going to make mistakes and likes to gamble a little bit, giving him a safety net. Uh, I think they want offense out of Klingberg. So I think they, they say a and Evan Bouchard with him. They, I don't know if they made a decision on him yet today, because as of yesterday, I hadn't heard. Uh, Evan Bouchard has been reassigned, so it is Ethan Bear right now, the former okay, Seattle so, Thunderbird. Okay, and I and they're really happy with Ethan Bear. He, he's uh, he, they think he made great progress. He stayed in Edmonton and worked. They're really pleased with his progress. So say it's him or Paris until he got hurt. But um, I, I think at some point, even though they're trying to be respectable and credible. As, as Kenny Holland explained to me, and he analyzed it beautifully. He said, look, the key here is that we can't waste points early in the year. We've got to have good starts in games and good starts this season. Steal some points early. Don't waste any points. And then just stay in the hunt. And, and I think you can – I think you have to gamble with one young defenseman in that group anyway on your team. I think you always want to be bringing one young guy along anyway. Who his partner is isn't as important as he's on your team. I agree with Bouchard going back. I think he's going to be a great player. But if he's not going to play in your top four, he's better off going back. How similar is this situation to what you guys had with Morgan Riley in Toronto? You mentioned you like the young defenseman, but it is quite a jump from junior to, to the NHL. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I got fired right after that draft and didn't get to watch him <laughs> play much. But but uh, it, I think the thinking was when we took him that um, we felt that this guy, when we drafted him, was a guy that would be a top four guy by Christmas time, just because of his skill level and maturity in skating. So uh, that one, there wasn't a real tug of war over that one, as I recall. And and I think I was gone by then, but <laughs> talking to the team, they were like, you know, and this is what the old cliche that GMs don't make cuts at the end of training camp. The players make the cuts. Players decide. And the fact is that players decide with their play. And a guy like Ethan Bear has pushed himself into contention. He's made himself the, the decision here that is he going to stick, is he not? And so to me, with Morgan Riley, it was just clear to us he was going to make that decision for us. 
One of the narratives up here, Brian, through the offseason, uh, I don't think we've had a chance to hash this out with you specifically, but with Milan Lucic heading down the highway, he's in Calgary now, as you know, a lot of people are worried about whether this Oilers team is going to have enough of a, a toughness element to help protect some of the stars, obviously, like your McDavid's and Dreisaitl's. Do you think that in the modern NHL, team toughness is enough, or do you still have to have some sort of, you know, when you've got a Connor McDavid, do you need to have the policeman out there in the form of Milan Lucic can you maybe address the the concerns of the fan base that way well I I mean people know the way I played I always had more toughness than, than my opponent always we we never went to a knife fight without a gun and then we never went to a gunfight with a knife and we know we, my teams we always had a heavyweight and then we had plenty of other guys who know how to look after things now that era has passed but I do think St. Louis's win with physical play is going to bring physical play back into vogue. And the answer is you don't need a heavyweight until you play a team that has one. And so most teams get by by not having a heavyweight because they don't see one. Edmonton's going to see one. So we'll see. I don't know what the answer to that question is. Do they have enough to deal with Milan Lucic? I don't know at this point. My guess is no. But I think this trade made a lot of sense for both teams. It really did. If Kenny's right, and, and, again, I don't know James Neal well, but I got to know him a little bit last year in Calgary, and he impresses me. If that, that, I don't think the question is what Calgary got. We all know what Calgary got. The question is what did Edmonton get. He bumps us back. This could be a trade that's marvelous for both teams. And what he brings to the dressing room, probably just as valuable as, I think, a 32-year-old forward now uh, as anything else, right? Yep. All right, Brian, uh, we're going to park it there. I really appreciate you taking the time again today, and I look forward to uh, to connecting later on down the road here. Thanks, Brendan. Thanks, folks. That is uh, Sportsnet's Brian Burke in one of his appearances presented by our friends at Canadian Power Pack. So so there you go. Everybody who's been saying that Lucic was a, a pretty significant loss in that department, well, uh, you know, Brian, Brian thinks similar, similar to the way you do. And, you know, they did bring in a, a guy like, like a Peluso. But w- w- that to me, that makes a lot of sense. You don't need somebody to deal with Ryan Reeves until you play Ryan Reeves. The Oilers are going to see the Flames, what, five times this year out, out of the division? So uh, maybe that's uh, on a night-to-night basis that they take that approach. We're- hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. We're going to step aside here on Oilers Now. It is Brendan Escott with you back with more of your text messages. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Many of you pointing out on the Heartland Ford text line at 630-630. Anthony Peluso only on an AHL contract. Yes, 
That is correct. So perhaps more of a policeman for the Bakersfield Condors, if that's the case. And then we have another texture out of Watasco in here who says nurse can deal with Lucic. Remember in nurse's rookie year, he took him on. I just don't know that Lucic showed me enough last year. And I'm talking engagement. When he actually drops the gloves, yeah, look out. I don't think I've been around a more intimidating individual in that dressing room than Milan Lucic. I get that. But how often was he actually dropping the gloves? Remember, I rattled off that statistic earlier in the show. Like, 10 players across the league led the league in fighting majors, and it was with six. Like, how important is this actually throughout the course of the regular season? That's still up for debate. You've got two completely different schools of thought going head-to-head here. We're actually going to delve a little bit more into that sort of thing when we bring aboard Jeremy Allingham, who is the author of uh, a book that's coming out very soon. He's a journalist out of Vancouver. Uh, but it's called Major Misconduct, and it looks into some of the after-effects of that that fighting culture in hockey. So we'll, we'll, get, uh, we'll get a little more insight on that, but quite a few people texting in to say that uh, this is why we shouldn't have traded Lucic. Uh, we've got others saying, Lucic was nothing. Come on, Berkey. A lot of these texts coming in out of Edmonton. Um, I think he put it as eloquently as possible. You don't need to worry about that until you actually need to worry about that. Uh, Gary says they have Cassian, Nurse, Kara. They have plenty of toughness. Lucic for Neil was A+. Let me ask you this. I mean, obviously you're worried about the fact that this team might be tough enough, but would you go back and not make that deal to acquire James Neal? For those of you who are crying foul on the fact that this team might not be tough enough to get the job done, would you have rather kept Lucic than acquired James Neal? Give me that take at 630-630. That's going to draw some interesting responses because it's a tough trade-off. Do you want some scoring help for Nuge in that second line? Yeah, you do. Are there other players on this team who could score like James Neal? I'm not so sure that anybody has that ceiling of goal scoring. But I can tell you that there's other players, namely Zach Cassian, who if uh, if Ryan Reeves runs somebody through the end boards, is probably going to have something to say about it. And I, again, I, I direct this conversation back to the game where Matthew Kachuk ended up turtling away, not from Milan Lucic, but from Zach Cassian. Think about that. Right now, we're off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. We're back with both Jeremy Allingham and the head coach of your Edmonton Oil Kings, Brad Lauer. It's Brendan Escott in today on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.